Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast. An exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. We are on episode number 59. 59. And what wow. is great? Oh, sorry. My name is Shama Sankita. <laughs> my name is Pradarshini. And my name is Shamali. And what is great is that we just started chapter 8. Eight in our last wow. episode, we're and it's exciting. Working we're our way through. We're moving through the Gita, guys, and we're gonna be here with you every single episode until we finish this entire beautiful, powerful, amazing book and beyond. Then we have to think what'll come beyond. We will see. We will see. Very nice. <laughs> All right. So, where did we leave off, ladies? Chapter eight. So this is all about attaining Krishna. Like, and right. so what's interesting is that the the this actual chapter started off with Arjuna asking a lot of questions that were right. asked and uh, that were sort of addressed in in the latter part of chapter seven. But Arjuna's like asking a lot of questions, mm-hmm. like who is Brahman? What is this stuff? What is fruit of activities? How do I remember you at the time of death? And now Krishna is slowly starting to answer these. And yeah. so what we're going to start off with in this particular episode is um, the question that Arjuna asked. He said, how do I remember you, Krishna, at the time of death? Mm. And so that is where we're going to start this episode in particular. Very anything nice. else from the recap, ladies? That's so good. You did so good. Yeah. If you guys want to hear anything else, go back. Check it out. Thank back. you. And uh, <laughs> if I could have the invocation now, please, ladies. Oh, my Jnana Timirandasya, Jnana Shalakaya, Shakshurun Militam Yena. Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual teacher opened my eyes with a torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto them. So in answer to Arjuna's question about death, we'll take it away with text five, Priyadarshini. And whoever at the end of his life quits his body remembering me, Krishna, alone at once attains my nature, Krishna's nature. Mm. Of this, there is no doubt. One more time. Mic drop. Yes. And whoever at the end of his life quits his body remembering Krishna alone, at once attains his nature. Of this, there is no doubt. That's beautiful. Mm. So essentially, I think we we talked a little bit about this this notion of death and how important it is in this tradition of bhakti yoga. Because whatever you think about at the time of death, that is what you attain in your next life. So if you spend your entire life like loving your husband, right, and you're so attached to your husband, like you might have a man body in your next life, right? If you spend your entire life dedicated mm. to a dog, right, or like a, a, a couple dogs, and then <laughs> and then you just you, you, you I'm thinking of the Queen of England right now for some reason. I don't know. Why, I love the options you. Like, if you dedicate like, to one dog, or even if you dedicate it to two dogs, I don't know why. I did if that. you dedicate to three, I got this notion of the Queen of England with all her corgis like running around. So but like funny. I'm sure she right. thought about one of those corgis at the time of death. So the Queen of England might be a corgi now. You know what I mean? In her <laughs> next life, right? But the point is, like, whatever you think about at the time of death, whatever you have practiced throughout right. your entire life, that is what you gain in your next life. Right. When, when you were saying like. Oh, if you think of a dog or, or like you were thinking, right. I was about to say whale. 
I don't know why. That's <laughs> like my favorite animal. I know, like it's the first thing that came to my mind. I know, but I, I love whales, but I cannot be attached to whales. Yeah, we <laughs> appreciate them because they have Christian in their heart. They do. They but, do. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that this notion of time of death is so important, and we're going to be honing in on it a lot because whatever you practice in your life, that is what you achieve right. and what you think of at the time of death. Right. And Prabhupada is essentially saying this verse really highlights and stresses the importance of Krishna consciousness. So like we're saying, whatever you think of, we're, we're hoping that we have done enough during our lifetime that we can think of Krishna at the time of death, because they say the Supreme Lord is the purest of the pure. Therefore, anyone who is constantly Krishna conscious is also the purest of the pure. So mm. while we might not be there, we want to surround ourselves with people who we feel they are the purest of the pure. So they elevate our consciousness and kind of rub off on us. Cause I'm sure all of us have felt when we're in the association of a great devotee or our, our spiritual masters, don't you feel like you're in a bubble, a hub of spirituality, a safe haven where it feels like so disconnected from the rest of the jibber jabber nonsense of the world and you feel <laughs> jibber jabber, jibber -jabber. Like that, yeah. I like that. That's good. and you feel it <laughs> lifts you to a different platform and you can feel that tangibly yes. you know 100 percent. and you know what's so interesting is that it's like shamla you mentioned this in a in a previous episode where you said like the whole point i'm paraphrasing okay yeah. as you said the whole point of this human existence well you know when we have those existential crises and we're like what is the point of everything what am i supposed to do here like right. i wish i was just like whatever occupation that I'm supposed to have. I wish it was just like <laughs> mm. labeled on my forehead. Like what are we supposed to do here? Right. Yeah. And I think that according to Bhakti Yoga, this entire life of ours is a test right. for the moment of death. Mm, like right. that is, it's either a pass or fail exam. That's right. it. It's totally. literally, that's it. Right. <laughs> if you can think of Krishna, you pass the test. Right. And that was the entire purpose of your existence. That was the entire purpose of your life. But if you can't, then right. bam, you fail, you reincarnate Ooh. over and over right. and over again. Right. And so, I, this 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 what you guys are both saying reminds me of something we talked about before, which is anarthas, right? So we talked right. about these bad qualities that we have, or like um, attachments, traumas, all these things that we have in greed. this lifetime, right? What yeah. else? What else? Lust, jealousy, the jealousy, greed, yeah, all these all qualities, we have right? All that, that stuff. Yeah, we mm. might have, and so um, it says here that remembering of Krishna is not possible for the impure mm -hmm. soul who has not practiced Krishna consciousness in devotional service. And so right. it's like, yes, it's a practice of devotional service of chanting the Maha Mantra. It's also a practice of becoming a purer soul, right? And that right. process of like removing these anartas, these qualities that were that don't make us the best versions of ourselves. And mm -hmm. in this process, we will be able to remember Krishna better because if right. we're always jealous, right? Even if it isn't of Krishna, even if it is of others, what are we actually thinking? Oh, I wish I had that person's car. I wish right. I had that person's house. I wish I had that person's this, 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 right. and that. Your consciousness is not Krishna consciousness, yeah. right? I, I, Your consciousness is uh, what that person has or this person or whatever it right. might be. And so in order for us to be able to get into that pureness to mm -hmm. to get closer to Krishna, we have to work on removing these traumas, anartas, right. all these things slowly. And it's, it's a really long process, but... Yes, that's a good point mm -hmm. you bring up about anartas because I was just as you were speaking, Priya, I was thinking in other settings, not spiritual settings, you can have all these anartas and still climb the social ladder, the ladder of success, the ladder of your company, oh, whatever yes. you're doing. We because see it in politics every single day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you can kind of 
get your way by with a charming smile and like whatever, be charismatic and no one will know the quality of your heart. But Krishna does not let you climb the ladder back to him if you hold on to all these things, oh, that's you know? such a beautiful so as you example, were, yeah. Yeah, as you were speaking, I was thinking about that, right? That this is such a unique process because in order to really climb the ladder back home, you have to work on these things. It's, yeah. a, it's a process that starts from the inside out. Yeah, there's this notion in, in this philosophy that it's like, if you're trying to figure out who you truly are, like you look into a mirror, but a lot of times are the there's dust that's mm. covering this mirror because of our anarthas, like things that right. just are bad qualities and whatnot. But the moment we like blow the dust away, it's highly uncomfortable. Yeah. Like going through tra- trauma and trying to figure out like what our strengths, what our weaknesses are, where can we be a better person? Like right. when someone else points out like what we're not good at, it hurts, you know, oh, criticism yeah. hurts. And when you try to clean up and like try to look at your soul for who you really are, when you blow that dust, it's very uncomfortable. The dust gets in your face. But once mm-hmm. you move past that dust, you're truly able to see who you are, right. like truly who you are. And you know what I, I like also though, Krishna consciousness, it's kind of uh, approaching it, not from a negative deficit standpoint, but from a positive standpoint. So rather than, and I, I, I don't know if this was within Bhakti or what, but I saw a little video of like, if you have a cup filled with dirty water, rather than trying to pick out the dirt inside, that'll, that'll be difficult. Just get a cup filled with clean water and just start pouring it in the cup. And then you'll see just gradually that cup that's full of dirt will become clean. So, you know, Srila Prabhupada sometimes said, rather than trying to like spend your whole life analyzing your anartas, just keep chanting, keep filling it with, with the goodness and that'll start cleansing. You know, you're filling it with all the good stuff. Of course, now I believe in talk therapy. And if you have other stuff that you want to talk through, go for it. That's also can be complimentary, but Mm -hmm. filling it with the positive stuff, bathing your intellect in all of this every day, and it'll have its effects over time. And ladies, what is the best remedy? Yes, it's chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Yeah, and that's a very powerful, basically it was Lord Chaitanya who advised that this is the method for this age that we're in because doing all of the you know, giving up the worldly possessions and going to a mountain in the Himalayas might be very difficult. Very impractical. Very (laughs) impractical. Right. So And not what Krishna advises at all. Exactly, exactly. They say Lord Chaitanya has advised that one needs to be as tolerant as a tree, but there might be so many impediments for a person who's trying to chant. Nonetheless, tolerate all these impediments and continue chanting. And it will have a deep life-altering effect over time. So then hopefully at the end of our lives, we can pass the final exam. That's the, that's the biggest, that's the purpose of our life is to pass that test. Right. Yeah. And you know, on the topic of death, I just want to bring up what I said in a previous episode, uh, episode, session, whatever. Yeah, it's episode. <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. That Keshav Maharaj talked about death is the opportunity for the ultimate relationship maker. So rather than when we think of it in the material terms of families. We lose relationships yeah, we, when people die. Exactly. We die and they're lost. They end no matter how beautiful and real they were. But within the spiritual realm, no, death is actually the opportunity to go back and reconnect with our source, go back with our spiritual teachers, with Krishna, with the people that are guiding us all along this path. All so, right. Awesome. Text, text six. Text Shama six. Sankita. Whatever state of being one remembers when he quits his body, O son of Kunti, 
that state he will attain without fail. Mm. Interesting. And you know, interesting to frame this text, the first line of the purport says, the process of changing one's nature at the critical moment of death is explained here. Because right, death is a chance to like change our nature. If we have a very, I don't know, what would be a nature that's not conducive to spiritual life. You very love agitated. a corgi. Sure. <laughs> You're super attached to your corgi. Yeah. Uh-huh. So at the time of death, you can totally change your nature based on your consciousness, on what you've done, the building blocks that you've assembled throughout your life. So that's why they say, again here, a person who quits his life thinking of Krishna attains the transcendental nature of the Supreme Lord. But that's not true for someone who thinks about other things, distractions, cor- so, corgis. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if when they're saying that they mean like you can actually change your, I, I think they mean over, over time, if you're able right. to change your, um, your nature over time, if you can change your nature to be conducive to Krishna consciousness and then at a the time of death, then you can go back to God. Right. Because I think imagine like even change for us right now is so difficult. Right. Yes. So to try to leave all the work for right before death would be an incredible oh, disservice no, totally. to ourselves. Right. So yeah. to change our natures over time so that at the time of death, we are prepared for that, you know, full Krishna right. consciousness. I right. think that's. Yeah. You ever try to change your partner? <laughs> so incredibly hard. It's harder. If your partner listens to the podcast right now, she'll be like, "What sign is that?" <laughs> but it's hard. It's yeah, also I mean, hard think, to change yourself too. Oh yeah. yeah, it's something that everyone experiences. Oh, it's a lifelong in, work mm-hmm. in partnership and individual work and everything. Yeah, there's this one line that I love, mm. love, love, love in this report. It says, "One's thoughts during the course of mm. one's life accumulate to influence one's thoughts at the moment of death." Right. Mm. So this life creates. Creates one's next life. That should be on a bumper sticker. Oh this life God. creates one's next life. Like everything that Say you it again. think of, Say right? It again. Say yeah. it again. Okay, okay, okay. One's thoughts during the course of one's life accumulate to influence one's thoughts at the moment of death. So this life essentially creates one's next life. Right. Everything that we think of, everything that we do is in preparation for the moment of death. And at moment of death, Krishna is saying that whatever you think of, you attain in your mm. next life, no matter yeah. what. Mm. And the Crazy, li- right? Crazy. The lines right after that connect back to changing one's nature. Because they say if in one's present life, one lives in the mode of goodness and always remembers Krishna, then it's possible for us to remember him at the time of death. And that will help us transfer to the transcendental nature of Krishna. Because if we're transcendentally absorbed in his service, then our next body will be transcendental or spiritual, not material. So I think that can add a little more to what changing nature means. Yeah. Prabhupada's uh, reiterating how important it is to chant the Mahara Krishna Maha Mantra. Mm -hmm. And he says, it is the best process for successfully changing one state of being Mm. at the end of one's life. Right. So it's also, you have to kind of be really like really attentive to what you're being attached to in this life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you're sticking in a relationship that you're not supposed to be in or that's not spiritually conducive for you, but you're so in love with that person, you know, Mm. like you have to be sort of mindful, even like getting a pet, right? Like some people fall and, 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 you know, it's like animals are great or whatnot, but they fall, they, they like, buy little strollers for their dogs and what, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you have to be very careful as to the things that are, that are growing your attachment. Yeah. I think, yeah, that connects back to just being thoughtful and conscious because being, okay, being conscious to what you're attached to, being conscious to 
what will be the results of certain actions. So even on a small scale, like if I get home and I want to start talking to people and tell really fun stories of the day, but I know that it's getting late. And if I go to bed late, I can't wake up early and I can't do my sadhana. Just being mindful of certain things and what repercussions will those actions have. That's yeah. so real. So basically... Um, work on what your attachments are, work on your mode of goodness in this lifetime and always think of Krishna and you can do it through chant, 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 Hare Krishna. Yeah. I love like, isn't it your spiritual masters and Duna Swami is really uh, cute when he's chanting kirtan in the middle of everyone's singing, he's like, <laughs> chant, chant, dance, chant, dance, chant, chant. Yeah. <laughs> so I cute. love it. Yes, he's very encouraging. All yes. right, text number seven. Uh, Shamali. Shamali. Okay. All of a sudden I had a brain fart and we, we did six, right? Yeah, we did six. We just read six. Yeah. All right. Uh, seven. Therefore, Arjuna, you should always think of me in the form of Krishna. And at the same time, oh, I love this. Okay, I'm going to start over. Sorry. Therefore, Arjuna, you should always think of me in the form of Krishna and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting with your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me. You will attain me without doubt. Ooh, I love I, this. Yeah, I love this because this is kind of capitalizing on you don't have to give everything up and run to the forest and fight. And, you know, not only do you not have to, like, this is not what you're supposed right. to do. That's like, not spirituality. Life, life isn't that simple. We got to still be part of this mm -hmm. material existence Society. and still develop that connection with Krishna. Right, right. It says this instruction to Arjuna is very important for all men and women engaged in material activities. The Lord does not say that one should give up his prescribed duties or engagements. One can continue them, should continue them, and at the same time think of Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna. Shamli, can you do me a favor and read the first sentence of the verse again? Yeah. Therefore, Arjuna, you should always think of me. Krishna says, in the form of Krishna, and at the same time, carry out your prescribed duty you of fighting. You know, it's so interesting there. Sorry, I cut you off. But um, you you said you should, all, Krishna said, you should always think of me in the form of Krishna. There right. are different forms of yeah. Krishna, right? Yeah, that's there's Lord point. Rama, there's Lord Chaitz. I mean, there's, there's Lord, Lord Rama, Vishnu, there's Lord Vishnu. Vishnu. There's even like Lord Buddha is a form of Krishna, right? Yeah. A different avatar of Krishna, right? But Krishna is specifying here right now how Arjuna should think of him. In this two-armed yeah. form of Krishna, you know mm. what I mean? Playing the flu with the peacock feather in his hair. Like that's the avatar that Krishna is saying, hey, this is this, I'm prescribing right. you how you should think of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's also kind of kind of meta, or I don't know if that's the right way yeah. of phrasing it, but it's kind of weird. Krishna saying, think of me as this particular me, okay? Yeah. Like yeah. it's kind of an interesting way. I mean, I mean, it's like a Black Mirror episode where not not in the creepy way, but in the meta way where he's coming, he's like, There's other beings of me. Oh. But this is me, me. Think of I this me. I love that. You I know? love that, it's right? And cool. then like Krishna says he's the sun, he's the moon, he's Buddha, he's like, he's everything, but he wants this particular form to, that you connect with. You I know? like that you emphasized that part of the text because there's so much we can emphasize, but he's really saying, Yeah, think of me in this form. And that came to mind. We recently had Rathiatra here in Los Angeles. And there was a Q&A with Giriraj Swami, who he was a, is a very close disciple of Srila Prabhupada. He was there from the beginning, did so many things, amazing, elevated soul. And he talks about uh, 
whenever you have like, let's say a man is a high judge, he's in a court and he has that official position. But then when he takes that role off and goes back home to his family, he's a father, he's a husband. And that's kind of the difference with Krishna and Vishnu, he was explaining. Mm. Vish, they're the same being, but Vishnu's like that mood of awe and reverence, mm. while Krishna's the mood of spontaneous, loving interactions that that's what we're striving for. That's what we want to have, because that's ultimately who's going to be closer to the judge, the people in the court or his family back home. You know, so, you know, honestly, this is so true because if I think of Lord Vishnu, I think of this like I can't like shoot the crap with like Lord Vishnu, shoot you mean? But, crap, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I can't like be like right, colloquial exactly. with Lord Vishnu. Where I feel like Krishna, like I sometimes like I like joke around with Krishna. I tell him jokes. I yell at him. Like <laughs> right. I can like you know and have that relationship. Krishna yeah. wants that yeah. so much that he utilizes his different energies to make himself and the inhabitants of his topmost abode in Goloka Vrindavan essentially forget, quote unquote, forget about his divinity so that him and his angels can have spontaneous, I keep saying spontaneous, spontaneous, that is how it is. No, no, you got it right. In my mind, I was saying something else. Anyway, okay. Ah, So he makes them forget about that so they can have spontaneous loving interactions in Vrindavan all together. Like he wants that, essentially. Isn't it great that kind of like this God of ours wants us to forget his divinity? So that we still have this personal relationship yeah. with him. That's kind of beautiful. And he makes huh? himself really, really nice. also yeah. forget about it because he's also very wants humble. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. he's like, I'm everything, but like you can think of me as your friend. Yeah, it's like, like you can yeah. think of me as your buddy and like let's develop yeah. a relationship. Yeah, it's exactly. not like this like old man with a big beard that's like fee five oh fum, you have to like worship me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like that. It's like I don't know. It's from an Ali Wong concept. Anyways, the point is like it's not that that mood, right? I think mood is maybe vibe for the Gen Z that are listening, but it's not that vibe that we're trying to reach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. You know, back to the text, there's actually one short anecdote that I want to say that kind of depicts this whole concept of carry out your worldly duties, yet also remember me, Krishna's saying. And uh, it's basically about there was a great king in this line who was, he was an incredible devotee, yet he also was a king. He had lots of opulence, lots of luxury. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of sages in the area that were performing all these austerities, all these penances, meditation. So the sages one day came to the king and said, they essentially were asking, how do you have all this luxury yet are so devoted and are, and are so, um, such a great devotee of the Lord, of Lord Krishna. So he said, come back, come, I'm summarizing. I don't remember exactly, but he said, come back tomorrow. We'll all have lunch and I'll tell you the answer. So they all came back, they had lunch and the sages were like, okay, so are you going to tell us the answer? He's like, just let's eat first and then we'll talk. So they sat down to eat and above the, the table where they were eating, there was these I forget, let's say it's swords. There was some like sharp, big object that looked like a weapon. So they were all terrified. So while eating, they were, the sages were consciously aware always throughout the the meal of the swords. And they were looking, eating like, okay, okay. Finally they ate and they told the king, so what is the answer? How do you do it? And the king said, I'd already showed you the answer. And they're like, what, what do you mean? And he said, I showed it to you. Then he asked the sages, he said, you just ate a whole meal. You digested. The food was absorbed. Did you at any point forget about the presence of the swords above you? And they said, no. And he said, well, exactly. That's how I do it. I carry out my worldly duties. I govern this whole kingdom. I have all my affairs, 
but yet I never, ever forget about Krishna. So that's kind of the story to depict. You can do your worldly duties. You need to, Krishna's saying in this text, but never, ever, ever forget him. You can always keep him at the center. It's a morbidly beautiful example. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can keep him in the center by chanting his names. I think Prabhupada is emphasizing this over and over right. again. So I want to do the, like the same thing and just say it. That yeah. That's the way to remember Krishna by chanting Hare. the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You know, ages ago we talked, we mentioned how uh, a pure devotee and and someone who's maybe not so pure, they might externally be doing the same activities and you would never know, but it's all about their internal consciousness. So yeah, always fix your intelligence on him. Cool. All right. Text number eight. He, Pridarshni. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm ahead of Mars. That's so okay, you're good. I was like, wow, are we all reading it at the same time? What's happening? Maybe for the last ever text in the Gita. We'll oh, that. that would be That'd nice. Be epic. Yeah. We'll do that. All right. He who meditates on me as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his mind constantly engaged in remembering me, undeviated from the path, he, O Partha, is sure to reach me. Mm. All right. So the person who meditates on Krishna, Krishna and is constantly engaged in remembering Krishna, yeah. they will surely reach Krishna. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do a pop quiz with you guys. Okay. Uh-oh. So there are <laughs> in the purport, there's a couple of different body parts that you can use to, to stay engaged in service of Krishna. Right. So give me a couple ways that one can use one's ear. To remember Krishna. By listening to the Modern, Modern Yogi, Yogi Podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. The best answer. Okay, what else? So listening to the Modern Yogi Podcast is a great way to engage your ears. Listening to Kirtan. Listening yeah. to Kirtan. And there's like so many different, even if you're not like musically inclined, there's so many different types of artists out there that sing the mantra. Right. And I'm yes. sure if you search for it, you'll be able to find the one that resonates with your heart. Yeah. yeah. What else? What else for ears? Oh. Well, you can listen to the chanting while you're doing japa, right? Whether yes. it's kirtan or japa, you're listening to these sound vibrations that are lifting your consciousness. Yes. What about uh, anything else? Ears? You can listen to stories of Krishna, mm, right. especially uh, by those that have, or like someone who's just reading it to you or those have who have a lot of knowledge is really nice to hear from them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Story time. Anything else for ears? Well, next sense. <laughs> All right, next sense. <laughs> tongue. How do you engage ah, one's tongue? This is a good one. You eat Mahaprasadam or spiritual food offered to the Lord. All right, la, 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 that's la. really good. You speak things about Krishna. Yes, yeah. you have conversations like this like about we're Krishna. Doing on yes, the yeah. Yogi podcast. Anything else for tongue, guys? Mm. That's next sense. sense. I think that's it. <laughs> All right, mind. How do you engage your mind? Oh, I mean, like Krishna? always, always trying to think of Krishna. You can connect anything to Krishna. You can be walking outside and huh? see the trees and think Kadamba Kanamaraj always says Martin Luther in the gospel wrote that God was not only written in the gospel, but God was written his names on the trees, on the leaves, in the sky. Like God is everywhere. So you can literally find a way with your mind and intelligence to connect everything to him and with your mind to bring him at the center of your consciousness. So if I'm going to sleep, I'll make a little prayer before falling asleep. If I'm going to eat, I'll make a little prayer of gratitude before I eat. 
engaging your mind at all times. Yeah. Or even seeing that tree and seeing a leaf or a flower and then taking that flower and offering it to Krishna, right? right. Even, even if it's in your mind or actually taking a physical flower and offering it, I think they're both really important because you're engaging your mind and thinking of Krishna, right? right? Seeing water and offering like a glass of water to Krishna. Be like, it's a it's a 40 degree day, or sorry, that was still Celsius. It's a hundred <laughs> degree, degrees outside. Right. Maybe Krishna's thirsty, so offering a glass of water you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. It's these little things that that don't actually take a lot of your time, but the the thought and the 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 love behind it is just so powerful. Right. I love that you just said that. The way you phrased it is the thought behind it, right? It, it reminded me of like anyone in any relationship. What do they appreciate when someone thinks of you, yes. right? right? When someone thinks of you and enough to think, oh, they might enjoy this. Let me bring it to them. Or, right. oh, uh, they're going to, you know, whatever it is. It, it's really nice. So it's really nice that Krishna's basically right. in the same position. He's yeah. like, just... Whenever you think of me, I'm just so grateful. Yeah, you know? right. He cares about your intention more than anything else. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And connecting it to the mind, the sense, uh, Prabhupada emphasizes again the importance of chanting the Maha Mantra because he says one's memory of Krishna is revived by chanting the Maha Mantra. So we just got to chant and with our mind absorb ourselves in that and it'll revive. I like the use of that word because it's not like introducing something new. It's already there. We're just reviving it. Yeah, it also says that the mind is fickle. And I mm -hmm. love this sentence. It mm -hmm. says, the mind is fickle and therefore it is necessary to engage the mind even by force to think of Krishna. And the reason I love this <laughs> is because I think that sometimes through sentimentalism in like a positive way or like just emotion or even um, inspiration, inspiration can last for some time. But after yeah. inspiration is gone, we have our minds come in and they're like, hey, mm -hmm. how about if you do something else? How about yeah. if you do a million other things and then don't focus on Krishna <laughs> at all and then do this and do that and do that and then we get pu pulled away from Krishna, right? Yes. By our fickle minds who yeah. just are so easily distracted by everything else. So it's kind of a good reminder for myself. Um, right. It says the, fickle, the mind is fickle and therefore it is necessary to engage the mind even by force to think of Krishna. Yeah, that was actually the only, the part you read was the only part of the purport I underlined and read. The mind is fickle. And actually, I wanted to ask you guys a question, mm. um, which a friend asked me the other day. We were both chanting together. And at one point she turns to me and says, ah, while chanting, I just started thinking, she started naming all these other millions of other thoughts, nothing to do with the mantra. So she says, so what do you think? <laughs> like, like throwing all that my way. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. I like this. So what are some ways I, I told her my thoughts, but I thought this could be an interesting part at this point to bring up. What are ways to channel the mind while chanting, which is so difficult because we're trying to focus the mind on the mantra and it'll automatically deviate to so many directions. What I have to do next? What, what, I what did you say? Now. Um, well, I told her, okay, I can launch into it. And then I want to, I'm curious your answer. I told her a couple of different things. Cause I think like many things you can try out what works for you. Right. Um, so I told her one way that I've been drawing a lot of inspiration lately. And like you said, Priya, inspiration will only last so long. So mm -hmm. when you reach that wall, then try something else, you know, but one way I just, I went to Vrindavan a few times recently, the, the holy place where Krishna had a lot of pastimes. So I got some Maha, which were all these pictures that belong to my guru, to Kadamba Kanamraj. And I just made a whole collage and placed all of those pictures right at my bedside. So when I'm lying down, I can see them all lining the wall, kind of in a fun decoration. And leading up to right above my bed, I placed this 
old uh, or this this painting I had of Krishna and the Gop- uh, the Gopas in Vrindavan from my childhood. So I made a whole artistic thing there that I love looking at, and it makes me feel so connected to not only Krishna and Vrindavan but to my spiritual master as well. And I just got really like almost like a meditation while I was putting up. I really got into it, and which reminded me of my dad had said, "Yeah, sometimes you can." look at different pictures of places in Vrindavan and hold that at the forefront of your mind. So while you're chanting, you're meditating almost Mm -hmm. on that place of Vrindavan, the pastimes that happened there, Krishna, you're really entering it there, you know, and you, and I liked that because I'm really, you know, one day when I, when you're at the level of a pure devotee, the, the mantra is actually mystical and with the mantras you enter the pastimes. But until that point, you can kind of like create that with your mind and just look at paintings, pictures that inspire you. Maybe one picture will, I was telling her, maybe you hear of a pastime that really touches your heart. Think of that pastime until like squeeze the juice out of that. I was on a retreat recently and they told the beautiful pastime of Krishna. And I don't know, something about the way they said it really reached me. So for the following week, as I chanted, I really thought of that pastime and it was I was gaining almost momentum rather than trying to like artificially like, okay, clear my thoughts. But it really inspired me while chanting. Mm. Or, you know, that painting, uh, this is the last thing I'll say about that, the painting of by Ram Das that he did of Krishna and Balaram. Um, I don't know, we have to post it on a story on our Instagram or something. Yeah, we'll post it on story. so beautiful. And my guru, Kadam Khanamar, sent it to me over some WhatsApp messages, the picture, and he sent it in saying that this person had a very, he wasn't just an artist, but he had a very special um, view of Krishna that Prabhupada, this was the final painting he ever did in his life before passing away. And Prabhupada said, just paint Krishna as you see him in your heart. And he painted this amazing painting of Krishna Balaram. And so- that was one of the last messages my guru sent me before passing. And it was like amongst other stuff that really reached my heart. So he sent me the picture and then he said, here, look at it again. And he texted it to me twice in the same message. And recently I came back from the ashram where Giriraj Maharaj was at and I enter his home altar and none other than that exact same painting is hanging as a huge mural in his wall. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I felt almost Kadamba Maharaj's presence. And I looked at that and I looked closer and you guys, this was the original done by Ramdas and his wife. And I looked, I was like, is this the original Maharaj? And he's like, yeah, he, he, he's very cute. He nods with a, just a happy smile. So the rest of the Japa session, I just stared at this painting and I, I had like tears in my eyes, which yeah. I might've not mm. felt at other moments if this perfect situation hadn't been created with seeing the original painting unexpectedly. My guru had sent it to me and I was just like, you know what I thought of in this moment when I saw Krishna's face, I thought back to Krishna's expression is like the crescendo of a song. We're back in ice skating, the crescendo, you do the the spiral and it's like the da-da-da. Triple like axle. The, the triple axle. It's, <laughs> the, it's the epitome of the whole performance. And Krishna had this expression that was the epitome of the crescendo of a song. That's what I thought of. And I just was moved to tears. So that all to say how I channeled my mind was kind of, these are little, I don't know, anecdotes, visuals, how to do it. And that's one way it'll, it'll work for some time. If it doesn't work, try something else. But this is what I, those beautiful magical moments, right? The magical moments that rejuvenate your, your faith in Krishna again. Right. And they happen in different places for different people. You know what I mean? For me, it's like through reading my, my spiritual teacher, his, his diaries, right? Right. Those magical moments that you feel sometimes it's sitting in in particular kirtans with certain people, right? Then you feel those magical moments. So it's like really understanding who you are and like understanding what really touches your heart and like finding, and those magical moments will 
become. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I like that also, what you point out, those diaries, you read the stories, you enter that pastime of whether it's Krishna or your spiritual master, those also help you enter. They fuel your imagination. Yeah. yeah. Priya, for you, what Gauging do you, your senses, yeah. What um, helps you? Well, I think for me, some practical things, you know, like, because uh, you're trying to say like how to help the mind not get distracted yeah, while chanting. Yeah. Some things that help for me are I put kirtan in the background. Mm, I, yeah, I love so that. So that if I ever get distracted, I'm reminded by another voice other than <laughs> mine to right, chant. Right. Yeah. Or like I'll sometimes even put um, like Prabhupada chanting in the background. Oh, that's a good one. So it's yeah. really cool to see like how different people connect. Because like you're saying more visual. I'm more like hearing something else. Oh, no, I put kirtans me. all the time. I, I stack them all up. What we all said, I put the kirtan, I'll have the visual and I'll read a story. And then wah, the perfect sandwich of inspiration. <laughs> Do you see, see what Shamli is mind? Like that's how it works. There's like 75,000 <laughs> 75, things going on in one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's good. It works. It yeah. works. Anything else, Priya? Uh, I had something else, but it went off my head. So it's okay. Yeah, the, I think kirtans. that's a good one. The kirtans are, it helps. Do you have any kirtans you can recommend that you really like that like, ooh, or are they different at different moments? Yeah, yeah. I definitely have like a few playlists and just, it depends on the mood. But I, I usually, for when it is chanting japa, I try to keep it to a mellow kirtan. Right. So that it isn't so distracting because it can actually be a distraction yeah. also mm. to your own chanting. Oh, the other yeah. one I was going to say is something I really enjoy that I've done with Shama Sangeeta is... Uh, going on a walk mm-hmm. and and just, you know, especially out in nature when it isn't so loud or so distracting, it's really right. nice to be able to do a japa walk. Um, I think because it engages my other senses, right? I'm walking, right. I'm, you know, I'm so then it's like, easier to be less distracted if that makes right. sense yes, right 100% so yeah. action and music and, and kirtan consistency also because what you brought up about the japa walk I like that because every day my mom and I after I get back from work we go on our daily japa walk and around where I live there's a park called Palisades Park which actually Srila Prabhupada when he would come to California would do his walks there so I like to think of it as a holy place where once upon a time Prabhupada walked there and that's also really nice because that's where I don't have all the visuals and the kirtans but that's there's like different little um, concoctions of inspiration, right? So going out on a nature walk, that's another way of doing it. So and, and so just to bring it back to the verse, it's like when Krishna says, you know, if you meditate on me and you constantly are engaged in remembering me, you are sure to reach me. So I want you to, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast mm-hmm. right now, figure out what the loophole, what, what works for you. Right. And then, right. and then create those magical moments where you can stay engaged in, in that loving relationship with Krishna. Mm. Cool. Yeah, that. Krishna, uh, the supreme enjoyer. All, all right. right. Text, Text nine. Shama Sangeeta. All right. One should meditate upon the supreme person, Krishna, as the one who knows everything, as he who is the oldest, who is the controller, who is smaller than the smallest, who is the maintainer of everything, who is beyond all mm. material conception, who is inconceivable, and who is always a person. He is luminous like the sun and he is transcendental beyond this material nature. Ooh, that's very nice. What a fun verse. You know, (laughs) in the second half of the purport, they essentially repeat the text again, adding a little more context, which might be nice to go over. Because here they're saying, um, okay, the Lord... Uh, is Kavi. That is, he knows past, present, and future, and therefore he knows everything. So that was the first part of the text. Yeah. So once you meditate upon Krishna as someone who knows everything. Right. Because he knows everything, he knows past, present, and future. Next, it says he's the oldest. So he's the oldest person because he is the origin of everything. 
Everything is born out of him, and he is also the supreme controller of the universe. So he's the original architect and the Ooh. original controller. I mm -hmm. like the yeah. original architect. The original you, architect. You do bring up Rome wasn't built in a day. So the original architect <laughs> lines up with that little. Very nice. So then, yeah, the original controller of the universe. And he is the maintainer and instructor of humanity. So that's more context into he is the controller. And then there's the next line. Christian says, who is smaller than the smallest? <laughs> now, wouldn't you think that a God would want to say who is the biggest of the biggest? But he right. actually says, who is the smallest of the smallest? And in my right. head, I was thinking like atoms and stuff, but go, I know you want That's wanna, exactly yeah. what it is. It yeah. talks oh, about yeah. that. This yeah. is the living entity is one ten thousandth part of the tip of a hair. So that is like minutely, can you even picture one ten, one ten thousandth part of the tip of a hair? But the Lord is so inconceivably small that he enters into the heart of this particle. And that's why he's the sm smaller than the smallest. And as you said, Shama Sangeeta, also he can enter into the atom and into the heart of the smallest and control him as the super soul. Isn't that crazy? Chris is talking about atoms right mm, now. That's right. wild. <laughs> right. All right. You, you know, there was the, when I read this, I thought of Krishna is so cool because we're coming out with modern day technologies. Like what is that drawing application that you can kind of zoom in infinitely and keep drawing like, and you zoom in, it's like on Google maps. <laughs> I, I, just I don't even know the name, that. but it's this app on, let's say, an iPad. Oh, I sound okay. like such an old person now. <laughs> anyway, so you draw something, <laughs> but you can, <laughs> but you can zoom in and then continue drawing with like the with the drawing thingy, mabobber. Anyway, and infinitely because it's on online, so you can just keep zooming in and adding details. And then the person zoomed out, and it was all just like one circle, but mm. zoomed into thousands of vector, drawings. Within. Yeah, vector art is like that. Basically. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Something I, like that. So <laughs> it just reminded me when I read this of you can enter the tiniest, tiniest thing and still Krishna's in there in the tiniest, tiniest thing, yet zoom out and he's all pervading and maintaining everything and all these plenary systems, the cosmos, the universes are still being orbited and sustained by him. Yeah. And yeah. He, the next line is who is the maintainer of everything, right? Right, right. Including the cosmos, including every single animal, plant, human on this planet. Right. It Prabhupada says, I mean, I, I'm sure you want to go to all of them. Do you want to do all of them? Because uh, he does say the foremost point is that Krishna is not impersonal or void. Right. Because one cannot meditate on something impersonal or void. And and I think this one ties into Krishna saying that he is a person. He's always right. a person, right? That way he has personality. That way we can connect. So out of all these qualities, Prabhupada saying this is the most important to note. Yeah, but right. it is still fascinating to see all the different ways in which Krishna is, or all the you, things he what is. You, say? You, right. you can't meditate on something that is impersonal or void. Yeah, right. that's so real. And you can't. Right, but not for too long. Nope. You can try for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. You can try. For sure. And I want to bring up the word achinta, which means inconceivable, because they use that in the text, and he says that that is a very important point because we can't even understand or begin to understand the limit of his potency. He's beyond our comprehension, beyond our thinking and jurisdiction. So it says he pervades the, the material world and what is beyond, and we can't even comprehend what's in this world. So what to speak of what's in the spiritual world, God's potency, all of that, we can't comprehend it. So I really, I liked that, that it's, we're going to only begin to understand him through mercy, right? Because it says, yeah. achinta means that which is beyond this material world, that which our argument, logic, and philosophical speculation cannot touch. He is inconceivable. Yeah. I think uh, this whole process is like, 
we want to understand everything, the universe, Krishna, everything, but it starts with understanding ourselves. Mm, it starts right here, right? Like we, we are still having a hard time figuring that out, right? Who we are, we're the soul. What is the purpose? Just us, right? right? And then we can try to understand everything else. But Krishna is giving us all the information. He's saying, yep, try to understand yourself. Here's how we're related. Right. Here's, how, Here's we're how we're related. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how we work Here's together. Here's how you and world. me fit into this big jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, yeah. that's real. Yeah. And Krishna always says he, he, he is luminous like the sun, mm. which is kind of a beautiful, beautiful. poetic line, right? You ever try mm. to look into the sun? I don't recommend it. I don't, don't, don't try to <laughs> look right green into dots the sun. Everywhere yeah, don't, don't try to look into the sun. But you know how he, like massive the sun is and its rays and it's mm. like, and the, just the rays of sunshine. So Krishna is saying it's luminous like the sun, which is beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that was text number nine. Please join us next time. Anything else, ladies? No, for chat. Oh, Priya? <laughs> no, else? that's good. That's All right. Good. Join us next time for chapter eight, text number 10. Beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.